You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Broadcasting from the place where America won its freedom in the heart of Hampton Roads, it's the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We're back. Tim Donnelly Show, ESPN Radio 94.1 on a Monday. We are back in Virginia, and, uh, well, the thing we're going to talk about, it sounded like this. Chiefs 38 and the Eagles 35. Six seconds left in Super Bowl 57 regulation. Hertz takes the snap. The Chiefs only rushing two on a delay. Clock is going to be out of time, and the pass is going to be underthrown. It's incomplete. It's incomplete. Everyone, everyone who claims that Chiefs Kingdom will raise a banner above the National Football League again for the second time in four seasons, the Lombardi Trophy has a red and gold reflection, a big red reflection. The Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 57. Chiefs Radio Network on the call. The Chiefs are your Super Bowl champions. I'm Tim Donnelly, Robbie Vogler, producing the show. You can call in 757-687-9494. You can text in as well. The Dream Wants text line 757-687-9494 with your reactions. It is a reaction Monday. React to the season, react to the game, the big one, the one on Sunday. Because now that the season is over, we can actually, fairly, respectfully talk about the Chiefs and Mahomes and Andy Reid flying up the all-time leaderboards. Right? It, it's all been speculation until, until now, right? If Joe Burrow beats so-and-so, then maybe so-and-so will happen. If Josh Allen finally wins the big one, maybe this will happen. If the Eagles can win. If the Niners can win. If, nope, no more ifs. No more ifs. Now that it's over, we have the results. The results are in. We can have the conversation in a real way. Let's start with the Chiefs. The Chiefs have now won two out of four Super Bowls with another Super Bowl appearance between them. There have been only four other teams in the history of the NFL to have three Super Bowl appearances and two Super Bowl wins in a four-year span. Brady's Patriots did it twice early 2000s, and then right before 2020, so late teens. Bob Greasy's Dolphins, which included the 1972 undefeated Dolphins, and Aikman's Cowboys. That's it. That's all. The dynasty conversation is real now. It's real. And and I actually, I like the way Mahomes handled it on the, uh, the post-game stanchion, right? Terry Bradshaw said, what do you think? Is it a dynasty? Mahomes said, I'm not going to say it, but I like when you do. It's a good way to handle it, right? It's like, yeah, I agree with you, but if I say it, people are going to get mad at me, so I'm just going to stand here. The dynasty conversation is real now. Remember after they won their first, Chris Jones and, and a few others were saying six or seven, and everyone went, ooh, you got one. Once you have two and three appearances, conversation is real. It is real. Patrick Mahomes has a legitimate claim to being a top five quarterback of all time. Andy Reid talking about his quarterback. He grew, he grew up in a locker room. He's seen the greats. 
and he strives to be the greatest. I mean, without saying anything, that's the way he works. I mean, he wants to be the greatest player ever. That's, that's what he wants to do. And that's the way he goes about his business. And he does it humbly, you know? I mean, there's no bragging. Uh, he could stand up here and give you the, these stats that are incredible that he's had, but he never, he's never going to do that. That's just not him. And so uh, we, appreciate, we appreciate that. And then when it's time for the guys around to raise their game, he helps them with that. I, I like the sentiment from Andy Reid there. I hope nobody stands up and reads their stats. I don't know. Like, There's a lot of reasons to praise Patrick Mahomes. Not standing at the front of the room and reading his stats, probably not something that deserves praise. How hilarious would it be, right, if in his signature voice they get together for the first time in OTAs and he's just like, uh, everybody, I have something I'd like to say. I've had five years as a starter. We've made it to the AFC Championship game all five years. I have two Super Bowl wins, two MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs, three All-Pros. I have both the highest passer rating in regular season NFL history and the highest passer rating in postseason NFL history. I actually make a couple funny State Farm commercials each year. Huh? Anything? No? Okay, fine. But he could, meaning everything I just said was true. Everything I just said was true. And the argument against him is longevity. But here's the thing. If he had played three, four, five, six more years, okay, let's say he makes it Aikman. Aikman played 12 years in the league. So if if Patrick Mahomes plays another five years and does not get another single accolade, I think he falls into one of the top five quarterbacks to ever live. So what's, what's the point of just making him be around, right? Just have five more mediocre years, right? Go be Kirk Cousins for five years, then we'll name you one of the top five of all time. He already has a 12-year career of accolades packed into five years as a starter. Two Super Bowls is, is a big thing. Two Super Bowls is a big deal. We were talking with Matt Verderam up there on, on Radio Row, who covers that team pretty pretty extensively, national reporter, but emphasis on the Chiefs. And he put it, you know, I said, what is it, what is second one going to do for his legacy? He goes, well, you know, then he wouldn't be tied with Trent Dilfer for Super Bowls anymore. You just got to get above the one to prove it wasn't a fluke. And now you're there. Now you're there. Andy Reid joins Elite Company with his second Super Bowl. And maybe more. No plans to retire from Big Red himself. I look in the mirror and I'm old. Um, I, my, my heart, though, is young. I mean, I still enjoy doing what I'm doing. I got asked that 50 times here. And finally, I just go, whatever, man. You know, whatever. And that's a that's a good friend. Jay Glazer's a good friend. So, I mean, he, he's probably telling me to get my tail out. I'm too old. But um, I, I'm good with what I'm doing right now. So, Coaches with two Super Bowls. Belichick, Lombardi, Noel, Walsh, Gibbs, Shula, Landry. Parcells, Jimmy Johnson, Tom Flores, Tom Coughlin, Mike Shanahan, George Seifert, and Andy Reid. And I actually, I would put Andy Reid near, if not at the top, of the the coaches with two. Not willing to go put him in the the coaches with three, right? I'm fine with that. And even Lombardi I would throw up there because he has NFL championships before the Super Bowl. But Don Shula, Andy Reid, to me, are the gold standard of two Super Bowl coaches. And I'm I'm saying that with my chest. All you, what about Tom Landry? No, I'm saying Andy Reid's pretty darn impressive. 
We'll talk about his play calling later in the show, but Andy Reid, pretty darn impressive. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. As I mentioned, it is a reaction Monday, and there's a lot to react to. 757-687-9494. That's the call-in line. That's also the Dream Launch text line. 757-687-9494. Robbie, what are they saying on the text line? From Paul in Gloucester, he says, Not a single sack or interception recorded by a great Eagles defense. What happened? Uh, Mahomes and Andy Reid happened, and uh, Andrew Wiley, their tackle, Made himself a lot of money last night. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Mahomes was not only moving in the pocket well, but then he got hurt and he continued to move in the pocket well. We also, and we'll have this conversation later, I don't know how much. I think the field may have affected the pass rush. There were a couple plays where it seemed like Hassan Reddick or, or Brandon Graham or Josh Sweat, the local guy, were winning with speed on the outside, and they just then turned into baseball players in Little League sliding feet first into second. Similar to what we saw with uh, it was Buffalo's pass rush against Cincinnati's beat-up offensive line when there was snow on the ground, and suddenly they couldn't plant, turn. They had to run in straight lines, and it's much easier to block a guy if you know where he's going to go because he can only run in straight lines. I think it may have had some impact. Now both teams were playing with it, and and you know that's the the fair thing about field conditions. But it may have affected that uh that vaunted defensive end, or not just defensive ends, vaunted pass rushing core of the Philly, the Philadelphia Eagles, I should say. From the seven five seven in a year where the rest of his division stocked up, and he lost his number one wide receiver. All he did was prove how great he was. Unreal. I, th- I thought you were going to go into a little DJ Khaled there. All he did was win, win, win. Um, no matter what, uh, some of us saw it coming and, and some out there, and I won't necessarily demand apologies, uh, but there were some out there that, that spoke very wildly, you know, they, they preyed on his downfall when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill is a terrible person, but he is very fast, left the team and, and oh, he was going to be exposed and Josh Allen was going to be better. And if Joe Burrow wins, he's better. And he, Mm, nope. Right, and it doesn't happen very often in sports in a league where you can say there is one conqueror of all, right? Kind of like uh, unified all the different belts in boxing. You know what I mean? It's not like a WBC champion over here, an IBF champion over there, this champion over there, that champion over there. It's like he has all of the belts right now, and it's Patrick Mahomes. And I believe he had them coming into the year. So if he had them coming into the year, and he was never knocked out, right? Never beaten. Still has him right now. Give us one more, Robbie. From the 757, a lot of talk on the text line, Tim, about the referees and them handing the championship to the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, there is a lot of talk about that. The funniest part was until that holding call, and we'll talk about the holding call, the James Bradbury hold that James Bradbury said was a hold. Um, there was a lot going against the the, the Chiefs. There's a lot of reviews where you go look at it and you're like, I don't know if that one was a catch. I said, it's a catch. There was a lot going against the Chiefs. So much so that that Twitter became like, what about all of you that said it's rigged for in favor of the Chiefs? What do you have to say now? And then the holding call happened and it was like, ooh, bet you wish you didn't send that text or send that tweet. Um, 
I think there were bad calls. There were questionable calls on both sides. Um, we'll talk about that hold coming up in, in at about 4 o'clock. So you're going to want to be here for that conversation. The James Bradbury call on the final drive that took what could have been an all-time finish. I would have loved to have seen uh, the Eagles get the ball with a minute left, down three. It would have been a blast. They would have thrown it to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith a billion times. I would have loved to have seen it. We were robbed of that. The question is, did the refs rob us or did James Bradbury rob us of all of that? So we'll 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 discuss it. Everyone on the text line will discuss it, but you can get your thoughts in now. 757-687-9494. That's the Dream Lawns text line and the call-in line. We want to hear your voice as well. What are your reactions to the big game? 757-687-9494. Uh, we talked about it all last week. All last week. The Eagles rode the emotional roller coaster, and Nick Sirianni is going to have to learn from that. Their head coach, they make it back. He's going to have to learn from that. We'll dive into that conversation coming up next. You're listening to the Tim Donnelly Show, where it's okay to yell and scream at each other as long as you get a drink after. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. Eagles lose. You know, we talked about it all last week. The Eagles and Nick Sirianni, hopefully, will learn not to be too high-strung if they get back to the Super Bowl again in the future. Right? We, I mean, if, if you listen to the show, you know last week we were out at Super Bowl Radio Row, and when you do something like that, you go somewhere like that, you hope to find something that you wouldn't have gotten at home, right? You, you go all the way out there, obviously get some guests you wouldn't have gotten, but but you hope to learn something so it's not just a like a, like a vanity thing for us where we get to go and have a fun week. You, we got it. We got it. Right from the, the very first moment we walked into media day, opening night on Monday, uh, and we saw the two teams and the way they interacted, I was saying to anybody that would listen, and I asked many of the guests about it, the Chiefs look really loose. They look really uh, almost too loose, right? They almost look too fun. They look like they're not taking it seriously, even though I think we we all expected them to take it seriously. It just felt like they were different. Meanwhile, you looked at the Eagles and everything was, was hmm. And, and the best way I described it was Andy Reid, the head coach of the Chiefs, was at opening night in a Hawaiian shirt, and Nick Sirianni was in a, a team-issued – he was dressed like exactly like all the players, team-issued sweatsuit with, with you know everything except the number on the chest. Now, that's not to say what they were wearing actually mattered. I just thought that was a good way to personify the difference in vibes for these two teams. So then the game was coming up, and I'm watching the, the, the Super Bowl pregame, all that sort of thing. Chris Stapleton has the guitar, right? He's, he's getting ready to play uh, the, the national anthem. And it's like, all right, just finished. There was an America the Beautiful uh, performance. It was, it was you know, you're settling in. Any, any loose ends you got to tie up to make sure that you're good to watch the game, you're doing it. And, and Stapleton starts singing. Beautiful rendition. Seemed to be pretty universally praised. Shout out to Chris Stapleton. And they cut to Nick Sirianni and just like small kid tears coming out of both eyes. Toddler tears, like something, you know, someone took their favorite toy or something. Like just real big drops of tears coming out of both eyes. And and 
I actually think people seem to like it. They were like, oh, he understands the moment. He's worked so hard to get here. I immediately said, "Uh uh-oh. I said, this guy is riding the emotional roller coaster. He came in putting this game on a pedestal that's so high none of us could see it. He came in with so much pressure on himself. Then when the Eagles get ahead 21-14 near halftime, right? And there's a booth review. Sirianni flips the bird to the other sideline. Little, little uh, braggadocious, little boisterous. And Jalen Hurts, his quarterback, has to like grab his hand and put it down. And go, oh, don't do that. That's too high and too low, right? That's too important. That's, that's too putting everything on this. You don't get cocky in a Super Bowl. You, you don't get get arrogant in a Super Bowl, especially when you look over on the other sideline and there's Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelce. Like you don't you don't taunt those guys. I do think it is worth mentioning, right? There was that the whole like Pat Mahomes limping thing. So he probably felt really good about himself. You don't do that. You never get comfortable. But when you feel every emotion, as wildly as they were feeling emotions, right, when you're trying to be serious and that means your eyebrows are permanently down and you're permanently hands in a fist, and then when you're trying to be emotional and that means your your eyes are bawling like, like a baby, and then when you're trying to be comfortable and you're flipping off the other team, it's like you're taking everything too far. You know, it's – you have to at least try to stay even keel during a Super Bowl. Now, I understand sometimes, I mean, it's the Super Bowl. I don't pretend to know what it's like to be in that situation. But you have to at least try to stay even keel. It's one of those deals where, like, soon as you see that triple zeros up on the clock, you let every bit of emotion you've ever felt come out. Right? If you want to blubber, in, in, like a school child, into a post-game interview, but I just want to thank my mom and my daddy, you can do all of that. But when you're up, 21-14, and you feel like, hey, we're going to get a field goal here to go in, uh, up 10? You have to know the situation, which is Pat Mahomes is 4. Actually, now he's 4-2. and two. He was 3-2 and two at the time. In postseason games, he falls behind by double digits. He wins more than 50% of the games at the time. Now he wins two-thirds of. At the time, he wore more, he wins more than 50% of the games. He falls behind double digits in the postseason. That's when you want to break out the, the bird. And I'm not talking about fly eagles fly bird. I'm talking about the one that, that gets blurred out when you show it on television on somebody's hand. Here's Nick Sirianni on uh, losing the game. It's all, it always hurts, right? Anytime you don't come out on top, um, regardless of what you're competing at, it, it it, it, it burns you and it, and it gets a, a lot of credit to them, all the credit to them. They played a great game. Uh, it's a really good football, really good football team, well-coached football team, you know, but it hurts. Uh, and like, like I said, we'll use this pain, we'll use this failure for motivation for us uh, moving forward. All week, they held everything in. I think about it like this. Have you ever seen the uh, the 30 for 30 on Todd Marinovich? Yes. There's There's one, and I forget who says it. I should have looked it up. Uh, but this this reference just popped into my brain. Uh, there in that documentary, somebody says, "If you don't let a kid have McDonald's, of course he's going to turn to drugs when he turns like 22." 
right? You got you got to let the 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 pressure out. Like you got to do a little bit, right? Let's and then that way it doesn't pop. I kind of feel that way, right? The the Eagles didn't let anything out, and then the game started, and it was like we're doing well. Boom. The Chiefs, meanwhile. They let the emotions fly a little bit at media day, and they let the emotions fly a little bit at practice, and they let the emotions fly a little bit in pregame. So then when the game started, there was like room for all the, the game time emotions to go. There was a clip that went a, a little viral before the game of Mahomes warming up, and he was like pretending like the football was a basketball, and he was backing down into the post, one of his teammates, and then he put a high arcing shot up to another teammate whose arms were making the rim, and it went in, and they all celebrated, and it was... Kind of made me go, do they know they have the Super Bowl in a couple hours? Like it was an hour and 10 minutes or whatever it was. Do they know that's the guy with the high ankle sprain? But I think it was it was them saying, yeah, well, we do. That's why we have to do this. That's why we have to have a little fun. So by the time the national anthem comes around, we're not bawling our eyes out. So at the time we, we get a seven-point lead, we're not so wrapped up in it that we start flipping off the other team. It really was just another way. And I love that Jalen Hurts grabbed his coach's hand, put it down. I was like, no. yeah. It really was just another way that Jalen Hurts was kind of the one on the Eagles that got it. All game, Jalen Hurts looked like he understood the assignment, the moment, whatever you want to say. And, and he, I mean, speaking of saying everything right, doing everything right, Jalen Hurts did well for himself. Very, very well for himself. And that's just one, like, that's, you know, in pro sports, it's a little different, right? It's not as much of, like, a, a chaperone-kid relationship between coach and player. It's more peers. It's like coworkers. You're the one that calls the plays and draws up the practice schedule. I'm the one that throws the passes. We're kind of equals. You get to make the decisions. I get to make the plays equals. But it did feel when he was like, no, no, no. It did feel like a player looking to a, a chaperone of some kind and going like, don't make me babysit you. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. It is a reaction Monday. It, you could call it the reaction Monday. We're reacting to the Super Bowl, and we want your reactions. Call in 757-687-9494. You can also text in Dreamlawn's text line 757-687-9494. Uh, Robbie, what are they saying on the text line? From the 7-5-7, the Eagles pretty much won every statistical category except for the final score. Pretty crazy how that worked. This this is, and I got into this on Twitter with somebody, uh, not into it, but we had a, a debate. Um, they won a lot of the statistical categories, meaning the Eagles were better in a lot of statistical categories than the Chiefs, except for the ones that equalize the others, right? Turnovers take away a lot of your statistical advantage in other categories, right? If you have more offensive yards, but you have more turnovers, you're, you're even at best, right? They gave up a defensive score. That's going to cancel out a lot of your offensive production. Think of how hard an offense works for, for a touchdown. You spotted them one. So now you have to score two to get the same, like it, that, that's big. And then the, the punt return. You don't when when Tony runs all the way down to the five yard line or whatever it was. You essentially gifted them a touchdown. That's two extra touchdowns. 
the Chiefs don't have to be nearly as good as the Eagles in most statistical categories because they were uh, their defense and their special teams got them two touchdowns. So it is a very, I would say, astute observation to say, oh, look at all this, the Eagles did better, but you can't ignore the plays that cancel out that advantage. It's very easy to draw that line. Give us another one, Robbie. From David in the 757, teams finished 0-16 after playing the 49ers. Also, a running quarterback just lost to a pocket passer again. That and and we talked about that going the second part going into the game. Like, what would a win for Jalen Hurts do for just making it so the drop back passer contingent can't say that a running pa- uh, quarterback has never never won the Super Bowl? Um, we can put it this way: Jalen Hurts, the running quarterback, is the only quarterback in the history of the NFL to have his offense score thirty five points and lose. He is the only running quarterback in the history of the NFL to account for four touchdowns and lose. So I don't know if we can blame the running quarterback for this one, although the, the drop back passer was was pretty special as well. Um, what was the first part of that? They were talking about 0-16 after playing oh, right. the 49ers. I think that in this game, not saying in the previous, in this game that's probably more coincidental, right? I, up until this point, I think you could have argued the Niners beat you up and then you're too sore and too broken and too tired the next week to win. The Eagles didn't strike me as as broken, tired, or sore. I think they they just lost the game. Not I mean not that I don't want to find a way to give the Niners credit for the Chiefs Super Bowl, but I guess you could twist yourself into a pretzel trying to do that if you want. Tim Donnelly show Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Sounds of the weekend are coming up next and yes, there's going to be quite a few from the Super Bowl. Stick around. Sometimes you just have to hear it for yourself. It's the sounds of the weekend on the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Sometimes you have to hear it for yourself. Sounds of the weekend. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Let's get started with a little positive for the Eagles. They were the better team in the first half, and part of the reason is because Jalen Hurts was playing well, and he trusted one of his biggest threats to make a big play. Hurts has all day loaded up, taking a shot, looking for A.J. Brown. He's got it! Touchdown! Kind of proved that Jalen Hurts' shoulder wasn't right earlier in the postseason because the the deep ball just wasn't working, and A.J. Brown just wasn't working. Give him two weeks, get ready for the Super Bowl, uh, and and it was working. Devontae Smith caught a deep ball, and... Then, I don't know, it felt like somebody spun the globe on him and he fell out of bounds instead of going into the end zone. Kind of a strange play. Uh, obviously, momentum took him out. I get it. Uh, but but uh, but it does solidify to me that, that Jalen Hurts hadn't been right since his shoulder injury, and he was right in the Super Bowl. That's, that's pretty good. But, I mean, that was from the Fox play-by-play, by the way. But... That also means there's no real excuse for uh, dropping the ball in the middle of a play and having it returned for a touchdown. By himself in the shotgun is the quarterback Hurts. Third and six from his own 48. He'll try to blast his way. He fumbles the ball. It's bobbling and loose. It's picked up by Bolton. The 30, foot race 20, 10, 5, touchdown! The Chiefs have recovered a Hurts fumble and taken it in. Nick Bolton has come up with the biggest defensive play of the game so far. 
Midway through the second, the Chiefs are one extra point away from tying the game for the second time in Super Bowl 57. I genuinely think that was the biggest play of the game. I fully believe that was the biggest play of the game. It it gave the Chiefs time to figure out what they were going to do offensively. It kept them in the game. Uh, If the Eagles score there, who knows what what happens, right? A 10-point deficit and a 17-point deficit at halftime are two very, very different beasts. Um, Nick Bolton, you know, and and Robbie will vouch for me on this. We were at uh, opening night, Monday night, uh, when the players are made available to the media. And the teams, or the league, I guess, picks nine players the way they set it up. They pick nine players to be at these podiums spread out around the, the floor. And every other player just walks around. Um, which is cool. And and we talked, because they were just walking around, we talked to the players from ODU that were in the game, uh, Zach Paschal. We talked to uh, Rick Lovato, both ODU grads. We talked to Josh Sweat, Derek Nottie, who is now a Super Bowl champion for the second time, went to Ocean Lakes High School. Uh, Josh Sweat went to, to Oscar Smith. So they're just kind of meandering around. But these nine are at podiums. And because of that, you you can kind of see the, the hierarchy of how popular they are. If you look at Mahomes' podium, like five, six reporters deep for the entire hour. You look at Andy Reid's podium, three or four reporters deep for the whole hour. You look at Juju Smith-Schuster's podium, like a rotating cast of one or two reporters. Nick Bolton didn't have many. And I actually commented to Robbie. I was like, man, I feel kind of bad for for Nick Bolton. Like, he's got to sit there for an hour, and it just feels like you're just having a conversation with two or three people in front of you. Uh, turns out we all should have been asking Nick Bolton more questions. Like, hey... If the quarterback drops the ball in front of you, do you think you'll pick it up and score? Something, I don't know, that would have been pretty good foresight. But Nick Bolton, if they're back next year, bigger contingent of, of media in front of him, I'd expect. That from the Westwood One broadcast that you heard right here on 94.1, Kevin Harlan. Uh, speaking of big plays, we talked about the plays that kind of uh, swayed the statistical imbalance. The Eagles had more yards, more more this, more that. Oh, they won all these cool statistical categories. But Nick Bolton's fumble recovery for a touchdown and this play from the Fox broadcast swayed things to give the Chiefs a chance. From Philadelphia, here's Sipos. Low sinking kick. Tony on the run. Still up on his feet. Tony has a wall. It's another block. Tony inside the 20. Tony still going, and he's down to the five. Few things. One, Brett Veach, the GM of the the Chiefs, flex on him a little bit. A midseason pickup, scores a touchdown receiving, and has the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. And that was a player that couldn't get on the field for the Giants. Who, by the way, the Giants might have had the worst wide receivers in the NFL. And he couldn't get on the field for them. You trade for him, difference maker in the Super Bowl, great trade. Brett Veach, flex on him. Secondly, you know how in every single football anything, press conference, book written, movie shown, documentary, there's always somebody, usually an old-timey football guy, that says, you never know what little play is going to make the difference. That was a low punt. That's that's why that, that punt return happened. It was a low punt, so the hang time wasn't there. So Tony got it early, and he is a guy in space that can do special things. He runs left, sees a wall of eagles, reverses field. It's good to go. It was a low punt. Think about how crazy that is. The entire Super Bowl may have been swayed 
Not a, not by a necessarily bad punt. Not a shank that goes out of bounds five yards past the line of scrimmage. Not a turnover by a low punt. The trajectory off his foot, a couple degrees on the protractor the wrong, the wrong way. There you go. Everything you've hoped and worked for for the last year. Down the drain. Low punt. It's the little things. Little things like a vaunted Eagles defense. That defensive line. All these guys with double-digit sacks. They're freak athletes. Hassan Reddick, Brandon Graham. Throw Fletcher Cox in there. Josh Sweat. They brought in Linvale Joseph and Dominican Sue. Well, what about that entire defensive line being outrun by Patrick Mahomes taking a million steps real quick like he's like he's Fred Flintstone on a bad ankle for a crucial game-winning drive 26-yard run? Mahomes in trouble, gets away. Mahomes racing with the bad ankle and all inside the 20. And he's taken down. Somehow, Patrick Mahomes. Somehow. I had a track coach. His thing was, it's kind of a ridiculous thing to say out loud, but he used to say, feel the ghost. And his thing was, always pretend that there's a ghost chasing you and he's like one inch behind you reaching for you and you're just trying to run away from him right just imagine it don't look back just imagine it right there there were defensive linemen that were the ghost for Patrick Mahomes he's running on a bad ankle that became worse during the game and I'm sure he got some kind of make the pain go away juice at halftime but with defensive linemen reaching for his back he found a way to outrun them 26 yards now obviously a couple plays later play later whatever it was Bradbury gets called for the hold, and everybody focuses on that. Without that run, it doesn't even matter. From a guy who stood up wincing. It's a lot of adrenaline, I'm sure, but that's pretty darn impressive. That, that vaunted defense couldn't even catch the guy with the bum wheel. Maybe it wasn't all on the refs. Maybe. You want to pick me up, Eagles fans? You want a cool story, Eagles fans? Emo Essien, ODU, game winner. Harrell stands at the top of the circle trying to interrupt any type of player that comes running toward him. Tyreek will have five seconds. He's got the basketball right now. One 1,000, two 1,000. They bring the ball into Emo Essien. Essien, can he win it in Texas? Emo, all the way, throws it up and yeah! Essien does it at the buzzer. The Texas two-step comes home and says, I'll take that one with me. Wow, here's the guy that caught, that had the big turnover that let Texas State back in. You talk about redeeming yourself. What a play by Emo in front of about 35 of his family members. That's the ODU radio broadcast heard right here on 94.1. Uh, Emo Essie in that story gets crazier the more you think about it. Um, you heard them reference right there. He's from Texas. They were playing at Texas State. He had 35, 40 fans, uh, friends and family in the stands. Uh, he is the player who had a very scary moment collapsing on the court earlier this season, went through the tests, went through the proper monitoring, came back, hits a game winner. Pretty darn cool. And then just because I like the uh, tagline on this one, uh, here's Bally Sports Dallas on a, a Luka Dunk. Back-to-back threes. Mavericks move the ball. Cross-court zipping it over the top. Now Luka to Kyrie looking for three in a row. Oh, put back dunk. Boom shakaluka. <laughs> Boom shakaluka. Do you know what I am here for? I am here for Luka feeling motivated to make sure the Mavs are his team. 
I'm feeling very, very exciting for like Kyrie having a big day and then Luca going, ah, 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 this is my team. Watch, put back dunk. Boom, shaka Luca. That's pretty good. Boom, shaka Luca. We were talking with Kevin Harlan last week and I said, hey, game winning field goal, Super Bowl, 50 yarder, it's in the air. Do you already have a plan for what you're going to say? He said, no, it has to come off the cuff. I guarantee you that broadcaster for Bally Sports Dallas, it didn't just boom shakaluka, didn't just come to him. That one was planned out ahead of time. But he pulled it off. Good on you. That's it for Sounds of the Weekend here on the Tim Donnelly Show. Sometimes you just have to hear it for yourself. Uh, The call and text lines are open, 757-687-9494. I want to get to the what I'm calling the other parts of the Super Bowl, things like Gronk's kick. Things like the MVP voting being open with nine minutes left. Things like the halftime show with Rihanna. Your reactions to the others, the the the, the side projects for the Super Bowl. I want to hear them. 757-687-9494. That's coming up. He's a fan of logic and reason, except when it comes to Tiger Woods. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Destiny. Rob Gronkowski kicking for $10 million. His trainer, Adam Vinatieri, with the Gronkowski family looking on. Here we go. The kick is up. It's no good. He missed it. But you still win. There were some disappointments in that game. Miles Sanders was a disappointment. There were some disappointments in that game. Some would say the refs. There were some disappointments in that game. The field turf. I think Gronk kick most disappointing thing. Easily the most disappointing thing of the game. Now, I, I again, I don't, I, 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 it's not like I was paying a lot of attention to what Gronk had going on, but I do know the Gronk kick of destiny was a thing and it was promoted and it was a thing and it was promoted and it was rammed into our face, jams down, jammed down our throats a ton. Tim, they had a, a bust of Rob Gronkowski's foot at the Super Bowl experience. Yeah, that kind of, like they they made it all over the place. They they forced it everywhere. So I just assumed, and maybe I'm dumb, but I think most of us did that it was going to be live on the field at the Super Bowl. I thought likely either while they were setting up for the the halftime show or immediately after the halftime show, he would run out on the field. They'd set up a a field goal kick you could put on a team, maybe have a holder, who knows. He would try to kick it. Nope. It was fake, it was pre-recorded, and it was not on the game field. They just suddenly went live from the desert, and he was out in the desert. It was a 30-second commercial. Adam Vinatieri, great kicker, not a good actor, standing there just kind of looking. They said the whole Gronkowski family and then didn't show, show them long enough for us to know if any of the Gronk brothers were there. And then they just kicked it, and it was a very fake, like, oh, it's looking like it's going in. Oh, wind. Nope. No good. And then Gronk, again, Gronk's a lot of things. Fun, entertaining, sure. Goofy, absolutely. Great at football, for sure. Hall of Famer, absolutely. Actor, eh. He falls over and, oh, no, and he's laying on the ground. It was terrible. It was the most, like, built-up letdown of the entire weekend. 
I think that's kind of like of all the things we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about uh, Patrick Mahomes legacy and you're going to say he's top five and someone's going to yell at you and say he hasn't played enough. Uh, we're going to talk about Jalen Hurts and someone's going to say uh, we're going to say he's great. He's going to get paid and you're going to say he's only had one good year. We're going to talk about the refs and someone's going to say they, it was fixed for the Chiefs and someone else is going to say the refs are never the problem. Like all of this argument, I think we can all agree and say the Gronk kick was a huge disappointment and that can unite us all. That can be the one common enemy that brings together the whole sports world. Unite against the Gronk kick of destiny. Another thing that upset me, I'm watching the broadcast, fourth quarter, nine minutes and 50 seconds left, coming out of commercial break. They say MVP voting now open. And I went, wait, 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 wait. Nine minutes left in the game? Not, it's a one-score game. The most valuable plays hadn't happened yet. How did we know who the most valuable players were going to be? We just learned this last year. Last year, the MVP of the game, Aaron Donald. Why? Because he made the most valuable plays. And, and he was playing well up to that point, too. It's not like he was terrible until the final minute. He's the one that, that made the final heave, not a completion, and it didn't count because everyone already had their votes in. The MVP voting opened up with nine minutes left in a one-score game. Yep, I 100% know who's going to be the most valuable player. Here you go. That's a problem. And here's the thing. I've said this before. One of my little guilty pleasures, the singing shows, right? Haven't gotten to them as much since I've had my son. But before that, my wife and I, we'd watch like American Idol. Right. And then I get to be my own little Simon Cowell. Oh, that one's good. That one's bad. Oh, they're terrible. Like, right. It's just a little mindless entertainment. They can vote over a single commercial break. You've heard all of the singers get your votes in now. They give the, the, the text ins, the call ins. They can get millions of votes from going out of commercial or going into commercial. They come out of commercial with a winner. The NFL can't do that. They can't get all of the voters to vote. Game ends, go to commercial, get your votes in. When we come back, we'll be on the podium giving the award. They can't do what American Idol can do. It's frustrating. Lastly, Rihanna, power move. Not, I mean, the, the whole pregnancy thing, I guess, was, was shocking. Th- that's not the power move I'm talking about. The power move, no guests, no collaborators. If I were holding... Uh, if, right, in this world, I am some kind of famous musician. So come with me on this very fan fantasy journey. Uh, if I were a Super Bowl halftime performer, I'm bringing on a bunch of collaborators because that's that's raising my safety net. Right? You don't like me? What about Bruno? You don't like me? What about Beyonce? That's what Coldplay did. Coldplay was out there playing the halftime of the Super Bowl. They said we're going to do like three of our songs. Then Bruno's going to play. Then Beyonce is going to play. Then Bruno and Beyonce are going to duel. Then they're both going to come up on stage with me, and I'm going to pretend like all these cheers are for me. Rihanna said, I'm going to just stand on this platform as it floats around and sing 13 of my hits. That's a power move. Now, I, the, the performance, I would say, was solid. I'm not, I'm not like putting it in my top five Super Bowls of all time. I don't think it was a persuasive performance, meaning... I don't think there were a lot of non-Rihanna fans that left the halftime. Like, I now have a new favorite. I think if you're a Rihanna fan, though, you were super jacked up about it. Like, if you already liked her music, that's very much playing 
directly at you, which is probably all she was trying to do. She doesn't have a tour coming up. She doesn't have a new album. She doesn't have any of that kind of stuff. Wasn't promoting anything. She just kind of wanted all her fans to see her again. It's been a while. And maybe do a dramatic, like, hey, I'm pregnant thing. That That's it's a power move, to say the least. 757-687-9494. It's the call-in line. Call in. It's also the text line. Dreamlawn's text line. 757-687-9494. Robbie, what are they saying? From Romo Tim in the 757, there was no warning that the kick of destiny was going to happen. I almost missed it. And I'm calling it Kickgate because it looks in the video that he actually made the field goal. I think it was supposed to look like it was going to, and then like a big gust of wind caught it because it was scripted and it was fake and it was CGI. Uh, It did come out kind of, when it happened, I immediately tweeted about it. And a couple of the responses were like, wait, did I miss it? It's like, yeah, 25 seconds. And it was 25 months of buildup. What else are they saying? From the 757, a lot of talk today, obviously, about the officiating, but this texter says that blaming the referees is the weakest rebuttal. They said the fans are always mad at the wrong people. You know, officiating can be poor, but most likely not always the reason why the team lost. It's not the only reason. If, if officiating is bad, it can be a reason. And I'm, I'm completely fine with admitting that. Uh, right, the, the obvious way you would deal with it if you were a player or coach is say – be so much better that a bad call can go against you and you'd still win, right? Make it win by 20. So if a bad call happens, you win by 13 or something like that. That's the way you think about it, but that's not fair, right? I mean, you shouldn't have to win by 20 to win by 13. You should only have to win by 13 to win by 13. So I'm fine with that. Like I'm, I'm fine with complaining about the reps where it's due. The question is the Bradbury hold is the complaining due. That's what we'll answer coming up right here on the Tim Donnelly show on priority auto sports radio, 94.1. Do you think the holding call that essentially ended the game and allowed the the chiefs to sit on it until they kicked the game winning field goal was the right call, the wrong call or something else? 757-687-9494. Uh, we talk refs coming up.